0: Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera, editing, and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Bruchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com.
1: It's time
2: to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite cowgirls with cameras, Kara, Kim and Phyllis. Hey there, Cowgirls with Cameras. It's Kim with Be More Business and Kim Beer Photography. Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And Phyllis with Phyllis Burchette Photo. (laughs) How are you guys doing today? How's everybody loving the holiday season this year? It's hit or miss this year.
0: I mean, it's always a super stressful time for me because it's like, go, 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 go with all the holiday portraits. And then there's this weird period where you're kind of like, am I supposed to be doing something? I'm not really sure if I'm supposed to be doing something right now. (laughs) So, and it's just a lot of getting prepared to see family, which I know I'm fortunate to have, but it's also stressful. (laughs) With family comes stress. So it's a good time of year. I'm happy to see your smiling faces though. And it's Sunday where we're at right now. So it's not our normal recording time. So it's cool to see
1: you guys on a Sunday. And (laughs) on the flip side, I love the holidays. So I'm excited that they are here (laughs) because it means I don't have to go out and shoot. I get to hang out. and Well, I do have a lot of work, catch up work to do, but Otherwise, I just love the holidays. I love seeing friends and family, and just getting to chill and maybe enjoy a little holiday spirits. So, yeah, <laughs> I love the holidays. <laughs>
2: so, in other words, Phyllis is getting drunk. She's drinking. She's. Getting I was drunk. gonna say, is that what? Uh,
1: no, no. I didn't.
2: I didn't no, expect that. From I don't you. do that. No. okay maybe a little oh so only if this show (laughs) is is on video you would get to see all kinds of things dear listeners but yes so I have this this hard understanding especially with Kara's life because here it is just nasty ugly outside and I can't imagine working much this time of year outdoors and shooting pictures. Like my horses are covered in mud. All my clients' horses are covered in mud if they're local. Most of my clientele is like out west somewhere. So everybody's horses are all fuzzy and it's all snowy, which would be beautiful, but then that makes travel difficult. So November and December are my times to make planning for the next year, to get together resources for the next year and it's it's actually one of my favorite times of year because it's not super stressful i'm not over there like partying like phyllis is but i am definitely um (laughs) a little bit more relaxed than than the rest of the year going around so yeah so what have you guys been so carrie you've been working on shoots and stuff what else have you been up to in your business
0: yeah mostly just trying to keep my head head above water. I've been putting the finishing touches on my equestrian portrait season. So that had my last shoot for the year last week. Yay. So now I'm in full on culling and editing on repeat mode and um, pretty much wrapped that up as well. But now I'm doing art design. So my clients have come in, they've all seen their images and now it's the next stage which is finishing up some composites, finalizing edits and then actually putting those images onto their walls. So that is a whole process in itself that I've been working on. And it's, it seems like as the years go on and the more I learn about the process, I tend to make it not more difficult, but I put a lot more, a lot more thought into the finishing touches of that. So it is more time consuming for me, but I, I love it because I know I should probably say I love the shooting part the most, but honestly, when I get that finished piece and I remember where we started with an idea and I get to then deliver that in time for the holidays, it just feels amazing. So I'm working on that right now. And then I will also add, I've been trying to finalize models for the Horses on the Beach Workshop, both horse models and human models, getting very close to having that wrapped up. And then, um, which means that the next step is is Phyllis and I have to start talking wardrobe and inspiration around getting creative with hair and makeup and all that fun stuff. And then I've been planning every year this time of year before sessions pick back up. I like to plan uh, creative shoots for myself, some of my personal work, So I've been working on some of those ideas. And then the last thing I've been doing is I got, I I didn't do any crazy Black Friday shopping this year, but I did get two things photography related and that was it. And this one of them came in last week and I haven't had a chance to play with it yet. And the other one comes in um, probably in the next week or two. So I'm getting ready to test out some kind of fun gear, new gear, photography gear. So it's been good. Woohoo. What
1: about you, Phyllis? I know. Well, I guess we haven't talked since before Thanksgiving. So I had a crazy couple of weeks around Thanksgiving with family stuff and just decorating and had two days of the farrier being at the farm at the ranch and taking care of her and getting horses trimmed and that kind of stuff. And Every work, of course, just getting my newsletter out is a process for me. And prom- been promoting calendar sales and working on images from the whole past year of shooting. I don't know, just out of the blue, I had. Three images or three different book covers sell on Archangel, and so that has motivated me to actually go in and upload some new images to Archangel. Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny how you forget about it until you sell something. Then it's like, oh, that's yeah. something I should be taking advantage of. That's some passive income that's just sitting there, and I need to be uploading more because I really haven't uploaded any any new work to that that site for a long time. So, and I guess that's about it. Just kind of catching up and having some family time and getting the house decorated and it's all decorated now and it's nice and pretty. So yeah, just (laughs) ready for the
2: holidays. (laughs) So Phyllis, where can people buy your calendar?
1: Well, I actually sell through lulu.com and they can either go into Lulu and do a search for ranch horse or cowgirl calendar, or they can go on my either Instagram or Facebook pages and get the link. And most of the time, there's a sale running. I think it's off right now. But like around Thanksgiving, there was like a 30% off sale. This week, it's been a 10% off sale. So,
2: yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. So, well, I have been, like I said doing a lot of year-end planning, actually forward planning into 2023. I've been updating the Cowgirls with Cameras website today. I've been working on business automations for all of our events and things going on for 2023. And just really concentrating on Wrapping up all of my year-end projects for clients, which was pretty well done a couple of weeks ago, and then really concentrating on building out what 2023 is going to look like, getting all the marketing done. Because I know once I step onto that airplane to go to Arizona in January the 17th, it's a whirlwind until I hit the next November. So I'm trying to get as much of the stuff done that I'll need throughout the year as humanly possible. One of the cool things that I have been working really hard on is developing some little short videos that we're going to be releasing pretty soon that are going to be on tips for Photoshop and Lightroom. I've worked uh, worked up 52 different topics for next year and I'm super excited that we're going to be able to showcase these on our social media and then probably through our email newsletter as well. They're so good too. Which I'm dying to get started the first of the year. So it is, it's thrilling. I love teaching. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I'm super excited about bringing some of the stuff to you guys that, that I love to do in some of my favorite software. So very excited about that and can't wait to get those released. So hopefully by the time you get this episode in your inbox, it won't be a very long wait until you can see some of those videos. So very thrilled with that.
0: Yeah, I've got to see some of the previews and I think they're perfect for just so many people out there. And every time I watch one, I think I know what you're going to talk about and I mean that I know. I already know the tricks that you're about to share. And then I watch it and I'm like, I didn't think about that or I didn't know that was possible. It's crazy to me how many things in Lightroom and Photoshop that you can get to the same end game by doing like multiple, there's there's so many different avenues you can do to get there. So I have really enjoyed them. And I think, I know Phyllis, I don't think you've seen any of them yet. No, this is all news to me, um, so
1: it'll be interesting. Yeah.
0: They're going to be <laughs> awesome. So she's going to, it's just such a cool thing to be able to share. And they're like bite-sized pieces. Like, I don't know about you guys, but if I need to know how to do something quickly with a tool, like I want it to be bite sized I don't want to hear the backstory. I don't need to know everything. I just need to know that piece quickly. Yeah. And so she's condensed them and made them super digestible for people who need an answer quickly so they can get to work.
1: Yeah. I don't, I'm the same way. I don't need to know how or why something works. I just need to know what to do.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And I'm trying really hard to cut out all of the BS in between. And I go right into it. There's no nicety. There's no hello. It's like we're here to learn something. Let's learn it. (laughs) And the mass majority of them are sticking around that 10 minutes, just a little, or just a little over 10 minutes. So that's not a lot in a day to learn a new skill or to make sure that you, like Kara said, can see the whole skill on there. So that's, this is part of what we really want to do as cowgirls with cameras is bring this education and photography education up into the forefront for everyone so that they can get access to the stuff they need to eliminate the barriers to their creativity or to up-leveling their skills. And I think this is one step in the right direction for that. All right, are we ready to get on to our topic of the day, which is shooting modes? Let's do it. Let's do it. So Phyllis, I noticed that in our show notes, so for those of you who don't know, we we collaborate together on these shows before they are launched. And it's one of the things that is really important in Cowgirls with Cameras is collaboration with other photographers. And the way that we do that is a document that we all three share access to that gives our two cents, so to speak, or in, in the current inflation, probably a dollar's worth of information. <laughs> and and Phyllis was nice enough in our sheet to give us some really good definitions of the top modes that photographers use. And there's four that she's going to cover, and I'm going to turn the mic over to her and let her do that. And then we'll all sort of give our two cents on on what our thoughts are around using modes. So take it away, Phyllis.
0: Well, do you do you want to start, Kim, by just talking about like, why we're even having this conversation around shooting modes. I would love for you to, you had mentioned before we got on, you were talking about kind of like feelings around shooting modes. Oh, Do you mind yeah. starting with that? Because I think a lot of our listeners would really appreciate that viewpoint first.
2: Okay. Well, I'm more than happy to share that now versus later. So I know for me as a photographer, I use shooting modes. I use the priority modes. I shoot a lot in manual. I shoot a lot in aperture priority and I shoot a lot in shutter priority. And when I'm using, when I'm shooting events, I will shoot in program. But when I go to events or workshops, especially when I wasn't quite as confident of a photographer as I am now, I felt a certain judgment coming from the other photographers who only used manual mode and I do think there's a lot of merit to these other modes especially aperture and shutter priority on your camera you don't always have to shoot in manual mode if there's a reason for that then I'm 100% down for it it's an important skill to know and have but it doesn't have to be the only way that you use your camera so when I use, and Phyllis will explain what the modes mean, but when I use aperture priority, say, that's when I'm shooting a portrait and I keep an eye on my whole exposure triangle. Now, mind you, I don't just let the camera make all of the decisions. I'm keeping an eye on it and adjusting that the the exposure triangle as I see fit to be able to take that image the way that I want to tell that story. But I do let the camera make the decisions as long as I agree with its decisions, if that makes sense. But I will use aperture priority when I'm shooting portraits and I will use shutter priority when I'm shooting action. Because to me, the aperture is the most important, especially in the portrait shooting. And when it comes to action, I need to have a certain shutter before the aperture is considered in order to be able to either stop or blur that motion in accordance with what I want the final outcome of the image to be. So I shoot in these modes. I shoot in these modes at workshops. And sometimes I feel around me that I'm not the only photographer that's like, I don't want to admit that I'm shooting in priority modes. So what do you guys have? What's your response to that? So... I think that that statement is super important
0: because I could totally see and I remember my first workshop experience feeling super awkward because I wasn't like in manual mode and I was shooting and I think you were the one that even gave me the advice to just stick it on, stick it on auto ISO for this scene and you were helping me through it. But the problem I see with it is so this first of all, I think that absolutely your camera you're pay, you're paying these big bucks for the camera. So use your modes. However, the mistake that I made is I didn't understand the modes and what their purpose was and what they were doing. So I ended up leaving that event with some really crappy images because I thought it was a one and done situation where I could set it on a mode and be done with it. And the truth is, is a lot of our participants who come to our workshop events, they are coming and they're setting it on a mode like auto, one of the auto mode is for their camera and they're setting it on that and they're hoping and praying that they're going to get good images. And I've always tried to push that if you can, you have to understand each one of those modes that you want to use. So like you said, you know what you're looking for when you're going back through and checking to make sure that it's making decisions that you agree with, but you don't know how to do that unless you understand what those modes mean. So I feel like there has to be a balance in that, but just, yes, absolutely. That there could be a lot more openness around if you want to shoot in that mode. Wonderful. Let's talk about what that means and how you need to adjust accordingly. So, absolutely.
2: Absolutely.
1: I don't think any of us should be judgmental about what somebody what somebody what mode mm-hmm. someone chooses to use. I think each person should use what works for them. Like I choose to shoot manual because it works for me. Kim chooses to shoot either aperture or shutter priority because that works for her. It doesn't make one right or wrong. It's just it's just whatever works for that person. But like you said, I think understanding what the modes are and what they mean and what they each do separately is very important.
2: And I also think that another thing that befuddles, especially new photographers that are using cameras that have all of these advanced settings to them, is that they get so tied up Mm -hmm. in the settings that they don't learn how to compose an image correctly. And the settings then look really good, but their image turns out junky. And they're like, but I had all the right settings and everything was exposed perfectly. Why aren't my images looking right? So when I teach photography, one of my approaches to that is to teach people how to do basic composition on program before they start worrying about manual or even the shutter priority or aperture priority modes. Learn how to start seeing the images around you and perspective and composition and practice that a little bit because your camera is pretty darn good at it. Most of the modern cameras are very, very good with their metering. Are they a hundred percent? No. Are they a hundred percent in a specialty situation where you're doing something creative like a silhouette or a black background? Absolutely not. I shoot every one of those in manual mode because the camera cannot be trusted for those type of of situations because you're you're doing something very particular with light. But in a general shooting situation, I do believe that shooting on program is good thing. However, I do not like auto, which is the A setting. And there is a difference between the A and the P. So the A setting sets your ISO. And I don't know if it was me who gave you that advice on auto ISO care or someone else, because I can't imagine it being me because I am like the worst at hating auto ISO. I detest it. So I don't know... Well, I I I don't know. Horses (laughs) running
0: at us or something. Yeah, I don't know about that. You were just trying to like help me get something. (laughs) 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 This was so many years ago, and I just I'll never forget it.
2: So auto ISO is not the, not something it's, it's a thing I think you do need to set with your camera. And when you use the P mode, you get to choose your ISO, unless you have it set on auto ISO in another setting, you're going to be able to use your ISO. And then the camera is going to set the aperture and the shutter together and then on auto mode it's going to include the iso so the camera makes all of the decisions on on the a mode at least on canon i think nikon is very similar isn't it phyllis isn't it doesn't have an a and a p well it's yeah
1: they have just plain a and p whereas i think well there's p and then there's s for shutter a for aperture and then m for manual Okay.
2: Is there a, like an auto mode?
1: There's Oh yeah, there's well, on actually no, not on the, not on the really expensive, more expensive what they call Consider Pro line. I don't think auto is even included there. I'd have to go pick up my camera. You want me to look real quick?
2: <laughs> no it's okay i i think everybody on the i know on the 5d mark ii and i believe on the mark 4 I, like i said i don't use that full auto setting because it does set the iso as well and i don't like that so i won't use that setting but i will use p does it even set your white balance if you're in full auto mm-hmm. I, I think, think so does, i think yeah. it sets everything yeah Yeah, it sets everything. And every camera may be a little bit different. You're going to have to look at your own camera to, to judge. Read your manual. That's a good way of looking at that for your specific model. So, right. At least if you're
1: in P, which is program mode, where the camera does select the shutter speed and aperture, you do select the ISO value, as Kim said. This mode is really great for learning, especially if you're trying to learn composition and that kind of thing. The problem is the camera is pretty much guessing at the which, the, as Kim said, the cameras have really great metering systems, but they're gonna they're gonna average that exposure out to a grayscale. So, it, but it's a great starting point. You can tweak the settings through a exposure compensation if you're in uh, program mode. You can use your exposure compensation dial to fine tune the shot for you. A lot of people don't know they have that choice if they're shooting on P, but that is. Something you can use as your exposure compensation dial. I do know uh, professional photographers that shoot weddings on P. And, and obviously they're doing a great job because they're getting paid a lot of money for shooting those weddings. Sometimes people will shoot P just to see how the, the camera is going to uh, meter a shot. Just remember that the settings probably won't be ideal for every situation.
0: Well, especially if you're trying to be creative and you've got your own vision in mind, you know, the camera is trying to give you that perfect exposure and you may want to darken something or you may want to shoot a silhouette or you may want to, you know, get really creative using your light and you can't do that
2: in a setting like that.
1: Well, especially for backlit, I think anything that's backlit, that's going to be really tough.
2: Yeah, backlit. There are a lot of situations where the manual mode is n- n- necessary. One of the places that I use P a lot is like when we're at Art of the Cowgirl and I'm doing the walk around images like I'm walking around from place to place and just shooting images for editorial. Because in general, that particular setting, I think the firmware on most modern cameras prioritizes human faces, which is more or less what you're capturing there. So it's going to prioritize that for you. And it makes it really easy to do that. And it that type of photography is in the moment, right? It's more about catching the shot than it is about creating something artistic for later on. Now that's not to say that walk around photography can't be artistic and I will turn it down to aperture priority mode, shoot wide open and walk around the event and shoot that way. But that way I don't have to sit and calculate the light changes that happen. My camera takes care of that for me and then I adjust according to what I see when I press that shutter button halfway down I look and see what is it metering that at, and is that the choice that I want to make? Now, on my cameras, and I'm pretty sure it's across the board, I can use two different dials to adjust what I need to adjust. If I need to adjust the ISO, that's one dial. If I need to adjust the whatever the off system is, so if I'm shooting an aperture, that would be the shutter, I can adjust that up or down as I see fit. Does that make a a kind of weird sense? Like, I still have a lot of control over it in those priority modes, but.
0: Well, and in that situation, you're shooting situationally. I mean, so you're thinking, what is my priority right now? My priority is that I can't reset up these scenes. I have to be able to, to get the face at a minimum exposed correctly and capture that moment that's happening that is candid versus if I'm at a portrait shoot where I'm setting up everything you know what I mean? Or we're at a workshop where we have so much more control over what's happening. So it makes total sense. You have to know what these program modes do, what these different modes do in order to know where to apply them to your photography.
1: So just, just to confirm, did we actually go over what the difference between that shutter priority mode means? For people that may not know the difference, shutter priority mode, which if you're shooting Canon is TV, and if you're shooting Nikon or Sony or some of the others I think most of them just call it have an S but basically you're just you're choosing the shutter speed you would like to use so if you're if you're trying to pan something and you want a, you want a slower shutter speed, you can put it down to one twentieth. Or if you want a really fast shutter speed where you're gonna freeze the action, you would want you know a thousand or higher, maybe depending on what your subject is. But then the the camera will go in and actually choose the aperture for you or the f-stop. So the the depth of field, the, sh- the camera is choosing the depth of field for you. And on the reverse side, aperture priority, which is AV if you're shooting Canon or A, if you're shooting Nikon or Sony or some of the others, you actually choose the aperture setting, you choose the depth of field, which is your f-stop, and the camera will set the shutter speed for you. In both of these modes, you have to choose your own ISO. And there is something I'd like to say about auto ISO, is that if you're going to use auto ISO, which I know a lot of wildlife photographers that actually do use that love auto ISO, which I I don't like it either personally. But if you do, I would suggest that you go in and set an ISO limit, depending on the camera you have. I know with the Z9, I can set my ISO limit very high, but some of the other cameras... If you're not careful and you, and you allowing the auto ISO to go up super to spike really, really high, you might end up with a, a, quite a bit of noise in your images if you raise the ISO over what your camera limits are for, for that noise. So just keep that in mind as well.
0: I love auto ISO only in situations where I know my light is fine. Like I know there's enough light, but I'm worried about other things. That's the only time I, I feel safe using auto ISO.
1: I've even had sometimes where I have a lot of light, I'll look down and, and it's like shooting 4,000 or five, and I'm like, what the heck? I don't yeah. need that, <laughs> you know? So yeah. that's just me personally. I don't like the auto ISO, but a mm-hmm. lot of people do. So it's just choose what, what works, try it and see what works for you.
2: Exactly, exactly. Try it and see what works for you is I think the, the entire end of this discussion with shooting modes. I think that's probably what we will all boil this down to is try what works for you. And if it doesn't try something different. Now, Phyllis, there's one other mode you didn't get to and that's M. <laughs> okay. Yes. My favorite.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that doesn't mean I'm an elitist because I use M. It just means that's what I prefer to use <laughs> because that's the way I learned. And that's just, uh, and yep. because a lot of it, I think for me too, is because I like being in control and this gives me yep. pretty much full control over the exposure triangle. And it also, by doing this, it helps you to, to work in, uh, you know, more difficult lighting situations. So when you have full control, where you set the ISO, where you set the aperture, where you set the the shutter speed and everything. So, and I think if you eventually, you don't have to learn it right off the bat, but eventually if you can learn how to shoot in manual, it may not be what you want to stay with, but if you can learn it, it will also help you to understand how, how a camera works to expose an image and, and the metering system inside the camera, it will help you that way.
0: And I think once you get comfortable in manual mode, like for me, once I understood how my settings were working together, it opened up the creativity, like things started sparking. And once because it's like, it becomes like a muscle memory almost, and it starts happening. And you start thinking, okay, I can get creative now. And I can test out different things, because I now understand what each of these three things are doing, you know, and it was for me, that was when my photography jumped significantly higher, when I felt like I understood manual mode, it could stay there. So that for me was a big jump
1: and it is really important to understand you have to have full knowledge of what aperture is what shutter priority you know what shutter is and what iso is to and the exposure triangle mm-hmm. to be able to to understand these modes too so
2: and how they work together
1: exactly yep well that's the that's exposure exactly triangle that's exactly true yep
2: yeah that's yeah. exactly <laughs> So one other thing that you'll see on some cameras is you'll also see things like sports mode or portrait mode or night mode or some of these different other modes. And those are going to differ from camera to camera to camera. And what those are is they're technology-driven ways of determining how those images are going to show up. So just like I said earlier, when I choose to shoot in aperture mode, a lot of time that's, times that's around when I have a portrait situation going on and I don't want a ton of depth of field, right? So I want to be able to choose what aperture I use and then I let the camera have some suggestions around the shutter. I'm, I'm learning as I'm going along with this. I end up using using those dials a lot more than I would admit to. <laughs> so I'll adjust what the camera is thinking. But the camera thinks about the shutter area and and then it makes that decision. But if you have one of these priority one of these modes turned on like aperture I mean sorry portrait mode is going to prioritize a not a lot of depth of field so it's going to you shoot really wide open in sports mode it's going to prioritize the shutter because that's what's important in the sports is stopping the action so a lot of these and, and in landscape it's going to prioritize a very narrow aperture so or a very high number on the aperture scale so that it it has a lot of depth of field and a landscape mode so your technology and your camera is doing that exp- Exposure triangle work for you into a certain extent based on the scene that you have told it that you're shooting. Now, it is a camera, it can't look at it per se and say, Well, this she said I'm in portrait mode, but it looks like a landscape, and so I'm going to change things. So, those modes are really designed to help you be able to get good photographs in certain shooting situations that are very common. So that's where the technology steps in and the camera's intelligence sort of helps you out. What I recommend for photographers particularly is to look at your images with through the eye of seeing what did you shoot as the aperture or the shutter and the ISO on every image that you take, whether you set all three of those factors or whether you let the camera set one or more of them get in the habit of looking at your images information tab in your software and understanding what the settings were for that particular image. Because if you want to get good at exposure triangle, that's a way that you can learn and accelerate your learning is by looking at that information and saying okay well that image feels like it has too much of a depth of field for a portrait okay i'm going to look at what what aperture was that shot on oh it was shot on f9 well now that makes sense as to why it didn't make maybe such a good portrait in that situation so it's a great way for you to learn and a lot of photographers when they post on social media in educational situations, will give you their settings. So you can start to look and say, Mm -hmm. are my settings, if I'm going for that particular type of photo, are my settings aligning with what that photo's settings are? And if I shift something, would I get a better shot in that situation?
0: So we've mentioned exposure triangle several times on here, and I have a feeling if there's folks at home listening and some of these shooting modes are sounding like another language to them, it might be good for us to link to that. So for those that are listening in the show notes, I'll make sure that I link to a good description of what the exposure triangle is. That way you guys have a quick little preview of that as well when you're listening to this episode.
2: Well, I think we have talked shooting modes to a certain degree, and I think we're ready for the challenge for this uh, particular episode. What do you guys think? Let's do it. So yeah, so just a reminder, we don't
0: believe there are any best camera modes out there, although we do love our manual modes and you know, but we wanna make sure that everybody knows that you need to be thinking about your camera mode. You need to be thinking about how you're using your light and what we would love for you guys to do for this week's Cowgirls with Cameras Challenge is to, regardless of how you normally shoot, get out there and shoot in a mode that you don't normally shoot in. Just test it out. See what you think about it. And we'd love to, if you would share an image that you shot in a mode that you're not used to shooting in and tell us about your experience with that. Did you learn something from it? We'd love to know. Use hashtag CWC Photo Challenge and tag Cowgirls with Cameras because we would love to share your work on social media, on Instagram. And for those of you who got something out of this and you're thinking, wow, I would really benefit from more of this. We do have several events coming up, one of which is our Beginners Equine Photography Workshop that's going to be in St. Augustine. You can learn more about all of our events at cowgirlswithcameras.com. We've got some great experiences coming up in at ranches in Nevada, in Montana. Gosh, where else are we going? Help me out. I'm forgetting. Why out?
1: Uh, St. Augustine. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Florida. (laughs) Yeah, Florida. Where's Trapper's Lake Lodge at? Colorado. That's right. So we've got so many events coming up. Several of them are already full, but for those of you that are just looking for some adventure if you're looking to learn if you're looking to be you know in a really concentrated space where you can focus solely on your photography and learn if you want to learn or just get some great images check out cowgirlswithcameras.com we've got some awesome stuff coming up and we would really love for you to join us and and shoot with us there so thank you guys for joining us today thanks for listening to this episode of cowgirls with cameras don't let the laughter and learning stop here join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals head to cowgirlswithcameras.com that's cowgirlswithcameras.com see you next
1: time